This is the Dare to Dream Physician Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Waylee Gray. Hey, you know how many physicians today are feeling overwhelmed and trapped living that busy and unfulfilling life? Yet more than ever, we as physicians are keenly aware that life is precious and tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. My mission is to help physicians start living their best life now by discovering and achieving their wildest travel dreams. So come, join us on this journey. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Welcome back to another episode of the Dare to Dream Physician podcast. So it's the month of December. It's the end of the year. And I have a special series to share with you guys that's going to go from the end of the year till early next year. And I'm going to interview a a great number of amazing physicians, and it's part of our book launch. And this book is called Made for More, and it is a compilation of stories from physicians who wanted to have more physicians who are maybe fed up of the corporate medicine life that we were fed and physicians who just wanted to maybe think about life outside the box or just really start living for them instead of all the check boxes that we're so used to doing. And so the first guest that I'm interviewing, I'm so honored to interview is Dr. Latoya Lucis Sampson. She is an OBGYN. She's a complete rock star. And she is the founder of her own company as well as she's the founder of multiple companies, actually. So she's her own company as an OBGYN, but she is also the founder of By Default. And I'll have her explain the stories behind each. I'm just so excited to have this conversation. I love her story. I just can't wait to share it with you all. Welcome. Thank you so much. That was a great introduction. I always feel so, oh, can I live up to these introductions? They sound, they sound so grand, but thank you. Yes, I am Latoya Lisa Sampson, known as Dr. Toya on social media. I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. I trained in, I went to school at the best HBCU in the country, Howard University, for undergrad and medical school, and then trained in Philadelphia, and now I practice in California. And like Dr. Grace said, I now, I still consider myself a serial entrepreneur, even though it's only two businesses so far, but I'm embarking on some new things. So we'll say serial entrepreneur. So The first business that I started was by default, as you mentioned, and it's an online curated directory for Black-owned businesses and Black professionals who cater to the Black community. And it was sparked by my desire to find mainly hair products at the time that was specifically catered to me by companies that were interested in me and really knew me and not just my pockets. And it's when I thought about why that was important took me back to a memory that I had buried when I was younger. And I saw a bottle of shampoo that said for normal hair. And I remember being very confused by that. 
And as I got older, it really seemed to be like a metaphor for being Black in this country and really being a person of color is that you are seen as other than or exotic or something like that. And I wanted to create a platform and a space that really celebrated us specifically and genuinely. And we weren't othered in Mm. this space, right? And everything on the directory, all of the businesses, all the professionals are Black by default. Like we are the default and that's where the name came from. Creating that directory was very, very important to me. But in the context of my life, it was a stressful time probably not the best time to start a business, right? So I was in a very toxic work environment and coming from a very rigorous training program, very busy job before the one that I had, and then this one with high acuity and all that, I was just not in a good place. So though starting the business was important, it, it was not the best time really. And it just accelerated my burnout. And what I realized through the lessons that I had to learn to become an entrepreneur was that really how I was operating on survival mode was not sustainable, but it also wasn't necessary. And that was the most important thing is that out of the many lessons that I learned, my self-worth and my worth as a physician was really, they were really the biggest lessons. And it's not that I didn't know before, I feel like I just had to be reminded. And that's what entrepreneurship reminded me of. So my kind of like breaking point at that job was when I started having those thoughts that I had in residency, right? And you've heard me share this before. I had a tough residency program, was very well trained, but it was tough. And I used to think if somebody would just hit me with a car right now so that I could just get damaged a little bit, but not enough to be hurt, but just a little bit so I didn't have to go to work, mm-hmm. then I would be okay. I just don't want to go to this place. and To, to work. To residency, yeah. yeah, to training, right? So it was never a serious thought in that I had plans or anything like that, but it was something that was like, yeah, I really don't want to go to this place. And if if that's um, what it took, I would be okay. And I swore when I left residency, I would never feel like that again. Like I would make decisions and choices so that I would never have to be in that state of mind. So when those thoughts started coming back in this current job or that past job, I should say, I was like, okay, this is it. Like mm-hmm. I got to get out of here. And how far from residency were you? Like how many years out were you when you had so I'm seven years out. Wow. Yeah. I, I purposely took jobs that were high acuity and high volume because I really do enjoy being an OB and being a GYN and I did not want my skills to wane. So it was like a blessing and a curse where I'm a great doctor, but I'm also burnt out very young. So it's not a surprise that I got there, especially in this corporate medicine environment that I was in, but it was, it's like writing was on the wall. So when I started having those thoughts and then now I'm a 
business owner and I know all these things, I'm just like, what what am I doing? Why am I allowing this to be my reality? Why am I in survival mode? Why am I not thriving? So I had originally had a plan to exit, but it was like a year long plan. And I said, you know what? I don't have a good reason to hold on. The money is not worth it. So I left. I quit with no concrete plans, no job lined up, nothing. It, and it was just because of that knowledge that I have value mm-hmm. and my skills are valuable. My knowledge is valuable. I will be able to practice as an OBGYN. I will be able to do all sorts of other things because I'm an OBGYN. And because now I'm an entrepreneur, so I don't need to worry. So I quit. I took my time to recharge, get credential to do locums. And that's what I've been doing for the last how many ever months that has been. So we're in December. I left in April. And now because I've had this time and because of the journey that I went through with by default, I'm discovering all sorts of new things about myself, rediscovering things that I love to do, like patient education. And that has now brought me into this kind of new venture of public speaking and patient education online. And it's really what I've always loved to do. I always love to teach. I love to counsel my patients. That's one of the my favorite parts of my job. So none of that would have been able to happen if I didn't start that business. And it's just, there's so many opportunities now. And in terms of serving my community, which has always been my goal, right, to serve the Black community, I feel like this is the the best way as of right now for me to serve them. The statistics of maternal morbidity and mortality in this country are harrowing. All of the issues that we have to deal with in the medical system, having somebody who is in the field, who is Black, who has a passion for teaching, I feel like this is this is everything coming into place, right? This is what I was meant to do. And that's where my focus is now. It's very exciting to think about all the opportunities. And yeah, I just... Wow. That was so, so amazing. You know, they're a few minutes into to your story and then I, I've already gotten like tingles on my face and I'm listening <laughs> to this and this is just so many so many things there that that you said that I want to ask you more questions about. Yeah. I think the 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 one thing that I just want to I know this is like many stories back, but I just I, I want to ask about this. You mentioned I want to hear more about the story of you looking at a shampoo that said, mm-hmm. "Oh, normal hair." Mm-hmm. But I just I, I can't get over that. <laughs> I, I, wow, like I and as somebody who has seen shampoo bottles that said that and probably bought shampoo bottles <laughs> that mm-hmm. said that I never really thought about it, but now it, it, it makes so much sense that for somebody that didn't have quote normal hair, right. you know, how that must make them feel. Yeah. And I don't mean this in any type of way because I definitely have my own privilege that I take advantage of in my daily life, but that's a privilege that you could never have thought about it, right? You can look at a bottle and just know that this is going to work for your hair, but we don't. And it's one of people may wonder, well, why is it when it's something that's black is always here? It is besides the skin color and even not even the skin color, because that can vary widely. It is the distinguishing factor from everybody else. Like most other races or other people have some variation of straighter hair, right? It's the thing that sets us apart the most. When I saw that I was 10, 
there and I was coming from a majority black country where your hair was normal <laughs> it was it was fine like it was yeah. there was everything that I needed for my hair was there there mm-hmm. were no questions so it wasn't even like I saw it and I was outraged I was confused mm-hmm. I was just like mm, what, is, what does that mean and then I kept it moving but it was something that resurfaced when I had to find things that I needed now after having lived in this country for many, many years. I'm almost at the point where I've lived longer here than I have in Trinidad, which is where I'm from. I don't know if I mentioned that. And I mentioned this, it is really truly a metaphor for being Black in America. It's like you're always considered other than. So it's what drove me to on this big thing of starting a business while I was already in in this situation at at work. So yeah. I love that. And and then I can tell that this is from from both your story, your observation as a child and and just the, the fact that you were a mom of a young child, you were in this busy OBGYN practice and yet with all of that going on, you you wanted to start this cuz I could tell how important that is to you. This is really something that you are so passionate about. Yeah. And at the time, I don't know. I don't know. I have all these lofty ideas. <laughs> it's just like, oh, things are just going to work out. And I don't think I realized when I started how burnt out I was. Mm-hmm. Like I knew things weren't great, but I had never, I hit burnout is like a buzzword now. Everybody's burnt out. I don't think I would have used that term to describe myself when it started. But looking back, obviously that's what was going on. And you mentioned it. I actually forgot to mention, I had a small child at that time when I started. My son was born during the pandemic. He's a true pandemic baby. So it was, it was work, marriage, small child, and then throw a business on there. But as you mentioned, it it was important to me and it still is. So yeah, it's crazy now that I look back on it. Mm. And and the other thing that you said, which I really love, you said, so I did this thing that was really important to me. I, I did this. I learned so much from it and am still learning so much from it. And, but then it real, it helped me realize that I was burned out as a physician, right. In, in the life that I was living. And so I'm I'm curious because you have a little bit of hindsight now because mm-hmm. we're a little bit in the future, not that much. What it's like a few months. Do you have any regrets about doing starting by default, knowing that it's going to lead to this full on burnout and and making radical changes in your life? Not a one, no. Nope. <laughs> because mm-hmm. as I mentioned, the the situation was already there. It was really just amplified and probably accelerated by adding on another task. But if it wasn't for me starting that business, I I don't even, I can't even imagine where I still would have been. Mm-hmm. And there was so much growth in that period. And it was di- all directly related to the mindset changes, the actual skills, like the business skills, the communication skills, the negotiation, that has been like huge for me, especially in my second business, which I didn't even talk about, which is my medical corporation that I practice OBGYN under. The negotiation skills that I learned from that process has enabled me to now be able to take six months off for my second baby, which we also didn't mention. Yes, I am pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. 
there there has been so much good that has come out of it. There's no way in hindsight I could a sane me would look back and be like, oh, I wish I hadn't. Yeah, no, there's just no way. During it, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> what is happening? But looking back now, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, wow. it was just the right time. And yeah. It was the right time, even though if someone who was more like a, a realist would look and say, oh, that sounds like not a great time because yeah. you have this busy job. You're and, and of course, as we all know, like coming out of the pandemic, OBGYNs were like especially busy with all those pandemic babies <laughs> and, and, and as a newer mom and yeah. everything that was going on. But but you followed your passion. You followed the thing that was important to you and the thing that probably has been on your heart for many years. And so I, I love that. That led to this journey. And even though it created radical changes in your life, that you you have no regrets about it. I don't. I would love to hear more about you you name some of the things that you learn, like the skills that you learn, the mm-hmm. mindset changes. How did that, what did you go from? Okay, I have this idea. I really care about this issue. I want to now do this. And then going through all those mindset changes and, and all that personal growth. Yeah, so the biggest, I mean, there's so much that I don't think we have time to talk about all of it, but the biggest one, you know, I'll mention this especially too, because you mentioned the book that we co-authored and that's what I mainly talked about in the book was this fear of being public. So before all of this, I was barely on social media. So taking it way back for us old people who were on Facebook when it was only if you were in university, not everybody could have gotten on Facebook. I love taking pictures. So I used to have tons and tons of pictures on there. And then when it became an open thing, I was like, oh, I don't want people to see all of my undergrad stuff. And as I progressed through my career, I just became more and more private because I'm just like, I don't, I feel if you put yourself out there, you're welcoming opinions. And that's one thing I don't really want. And then also I have this public persona as a physician. I am Dr. Luces. So Dr. Luces doesn't have pictures from Carnival in scantily clad bikinis. So if even if you go on Facebook right now, all of these stuff that I had from way back when, you can't even find it. And I went through a strategic process of removing myself from the internet. The only thing you can find was Dr. Luces. And it was like two reviews, actually two terrible reviews from angry patients. They're probably still out there, but there was nothing social. And that's the way I wanted it. Even on Instagram, I would put some things, but I really shared my life with my close people on WhatsApp because I'm Caribbean. So we use WhatsApp a lot and I directly send things to my friends and family. But I was of the opinion that professionals don't post things on the internet. Other people can do whatever you like. That was not for me. Mm-hmm. So knowing that or being told that when I started this business, I needed to tell my story and put myself out there. I was just like, whoa, 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 that's not happening. And I had this elaborate plan about how I was going to achieve that. And I said, well, if I need to do any uh, speaking, I would hire somebody to speak for me because my voice is very distinctive. So you're going to you're going to know it's me. 
right? Because <laughs> so even your voice was too signature it, for, it was too signature. For, for social media. So I was going to hire somebody else. If I needed to do videos, I was going to have a stand-in. So there was no <laughs> way <stand-in>? anybody. <laughs> yeah. Like I was just going to have somebody else. I was like, there's no way they're going to know it's Dr. Lusa that's doing this stuff. It, it would be somebody else because I am a professional. Professionals don't go on the internet and do things like that. So I had to really work through why I was thinking that way and realize that it was not a privacy thing. Sure, I still am. I still am pretty private, but it was more fair. And a fear that I actually am still working on, this fear of being exposed, people not liking what I have to say, being misunderstood, Mm -hmm. which is something that I struggled with in residency. And a lot of Black women struggle with as well, especially in a professional environment where Mm -hmm. you say one thing and it's completely misinterpreted because of the other person's biases and all these these assumptions that are being made. I can't tell you how many times I say something to somebody and then I hear through the grapevine that I was really angry and I was just like, oh, really? Was I? That's Mm -hmm. news to me. So it's just... There's so many things that go into speaking publicly and putting yourself on the internet and having a social media presence that I was really, truly afraid of. And I hid behind, well, I'm a professional, so professionals don't do that stuff. So it was the acknowledgement that it was fair and then the actual overcoming of the fair because now I'm on social media every single day, like I, I post every single day, right? I still... I'm out there. I still don't put a whole lot out, but I actually put a lot more of my personal life than some people do. So it's it it didn't it didn't really track with with reality what I was telling myself because I do like to share, I do like to speak, as you can tell. So that was like the biggest mindset shift. And that was just from doing it, it sounds like you started slowly putting yourself out there and talking and you realize I actually like this and my biggest fears didn't really come true. Yeah. I mean, well, there's still haters gonna hate, right? There's still people out there that proves that putting yourself out there is difficult. But the general, the overwhelming view is that people value what physicians have to say, because mm-hmm. what we have to say is valuable. And that also p- comes in with the value of us as physicians and knowing that we will always have things to contribute. We will always be able to find jobs. We will always be able to do what we were trained to do. We spent a lot of time and money to to get to this place so we can't forget that even though people would sometimes have us believe otherwise yeah that is such a powerful thought i you, you said that before and i thought ooh i got to ask you more about this because i at one point in my life i did have a fear i was like oh you know if i don't like the conditions of my current job and with the background that I had thought that my current job was like a dream job and it's a great job. But if things change, then I'm like, maybe I won't be able to find another job or another job with the conditions that I want, which maybe that means that I have to give up being a doctor because, you know, I mean, we do have to keep up with the licensing. And if you have a lapse in your practice, that kind of the clock is ticking. So 
I just remember being of that mindset where I I actually felt trapped because I was a physician because I'm like, I am highly trained and it was very hard work to get here. It's very hard work to get all these pieces of papers, all these exams. And now they have extremely high expectations of us. I actually think that that's why physicians often do feel trapped in their burnout and why probably there's such high rates of physician suicide because it's easier for us to feel trapped. So I struggle with that. I don't feel that way anymore, but I struggle with that because I'm like, wow, in some ways it's much harder. Like if I was a barista at Starbucks, which by the way, you said in residency, you're like, maybe if I just got a little bit hurt to work, I'd be okay. Yeah. What my thoughts sometimes when I was in residency is I I thought, ooh, that cafeteria worker looks like they have a better job than I do. <laughs> or like, why can't I work at Starbucks? <laughs> wow. But but using that Starbucks analogy, I'm like, if I was a barista, like there's so many jobs that I could just go, right? Like I just go to some coffee shop out there and there I go, I just sign up for work and it's much more portable. Yeah. Whereas being a physician, and of course we probably wouldn't put up with some of the conditions that maybe baristas have to go through. We we have certain check, check marks for ourselves and then, but there's also, it's just harder. You know, you have to yeah. get credentialed, you have to get licensed. And so there's, I feel like the stakes are just higher. So I love, I love that you made that shift. And I I love to hear, I mean, did you at one point feel trapped like I did and then switch or you just naturally felt this freedom? I don't know that I even thought about it enough to feel trapped, if that makes sense. Okay. So it was more that I only had one way of thinking about it. When you're in a job and you don't like it, you find another job. That's how we are trained to think. So it wasn't even like any of the things that I'm doing now were possibilities. Like my mind didn't even go that far, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I didn't even know to feel trapped because I was like, this is the only, this is the only, this is how it works. So I don't like this job. I find another one and then I go on to that job. I, because of my personality, I'm a big fan of vacations. So when I left my first job out of residency and I took the second job, I took a month off. So that was my, and that was like different. I realized a lot of people don't do that. Mm -hmm. And when I told people that they were like, oh, really? So I was, I had a rebellious mindset to begin with, I suppose. So that idea of taking time off between jobs and taking a break, was a privilege, I guess, that I had. But other than that, I was just like, this this is what we do. Physicians don't start businesses. Like we don't go and be public speakers. None of those things were even in my mind as options before I started on the entrepreneurial journey. That was part one of a two-part interview with Dr. Latoya Lucis Sampson. I so cherish our conversation. She dropped so many gems. And I feel like as I'm listening to her, that I'm just living all these instrumental parts of her life with her as she's sharing the story. I can't wait to share part two with you next week. And remember, this is part of a series called Made for More after the book that's coming out on January 17th, 2023. The book is going to be so fantastic. I'm one of the contributing authors. And so was Dr. LaToya, and I will be featuring more interviews with other doctors who share their stories. Made for more, physician entrepreneurs who live life and practice medicine on their own terms. Stay tuned for next week's episode. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend and go on your favorite podcast app to give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us to get the word out there. Also, I am really excited to announce I've started a online Facebook community for physicians. Go and search for Dare to Dream Physician Travel. That's the name of the Facebook group. If you have trouble finding us, the link is also in the show notes. I hope to see you on the inside.